0: Welcome back, it is episode number three of The Social Seller with Connor Paulson. I am so excited today, guys. This has been years in the making, right? This podcast, in just creating value, providing free value, and The Social Seller is all about being a high quality communicator, a high quality human, right? It's not really focused on the sales side. Now, I come from a sales background, right? And Mia has a little bit of sales experience, but I'm so excited because we're gonna dive in. Now, Mia grew up in Naples, Florida she is the same age at 27 years old, a single mother that is absolutely killing it. And I would go as far as saying that you are in certain ways, and I don't want to denote anyone that has been on this podcast yet, but you are killing it. You are killing it. A seven figure business and you started it in January. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm excited to uncover that now just to update everyone that's listening. You grew up in Naples, but what brought you to San Diego today?
1: Uh, my brother was getting back from Afghanistan, and we, my family needed a change, and so we moved out here. And then they're they're all back in Florida. Somehow, I am the only one that's left here. <laughs> um, but when I got here, I ended up going to college here and then just starting working and putting down roots and that became my home. So it wasn't it was not the plan.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm so excited because we've known each other for a few months now. Mm-hmm. Today is the first time we've met in person, officially, because you live in Orange County, yep. I'm in San Diego, so a couple mm-hmm. hours away. And I'm so grateful because not only were you excited and have you support, you've supported the, the last of two course, episodes yeah. and given great feedback, along with every other friend. Thank you for the feedback, the comments. We are making this for everyone, right? This isn't about us, this is about how do we help, how do we provide value, and mm-hmm. I love this. Now, yeah, the fact that you drove down just shows me your commitment. I am so excited to dive in, because not only do you have a seven-figure business, you are in a space that I don't really understand a whole lot of. You (laughs) work with celebrity (laughs) clients, you work with some of the coolest people, but when we have a conversation, whether Mm -hmm. it's on the phone or in person, you are so humble down to earth, and that is the magic, right? And that's, to me, what a social seller is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you provide value? You would not be having seven-figure success as a female entrepreneur Mm -hmm. at 27 years old, right? You are uncommon. I want to start unpacking how you got to where you're at, right?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And to give some more context, now, I know you quit your job in January,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yep.
0: And you were making 140K a year. Mm-hmm. That's more than I take from our company, <laughs> a lot more, right, and, and the yeah. other partners that might be listening. Now, you're already taking in anywhere from 25 to 50K a month mm-hmm. on track to do seven figures in your first year. And mm-hmm. we've been in business seven years, and we're, like, just recently got to that point in the last couple of yeah. years, right? So. What's wild is that you've done it so quickly. And I think Mm -hmm. to some people, it's like, how'd she do it, right? (laughs) And the other things I wanted to mention too, I know your daughter, Aliyah, 18 months, Mm -hmm. so awesome. And I know we've had Zoom meetings together and she joins, Um, but I want to switch it off. Like first question being, to me as a leader, I've known that you have to have someone to look up to, right? And someone that almost sets the stage for Mm -hmm. you. Who was that individual? Whether you call it a role model, the person that set the tone you know for you at a young age who was that person
1: it was definitely my mom it's still my mom and then luckily uh every day I have some really great people around me that I look up to you know all the people in my life I'm just sometimes I sit back and I'm just so humbled by the fact that they believe in me and they love me that I just I don't know it's it's amazing but my mom has always been the person it's we had this saying when we were younger it's just us You know, like our family, like, and it doesn't matter what happens because we're gonna figure it out. And I've taken that and I'm hoping to (laughs) implement that with my daughter, you know, and my family. And it's just a matter of having that person that when things really hit the fan, knowing it's okay, it's okay to stumble and mess up and trip over yourself. And it's okay because you don't always have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. And that was like the one foundational thing that my mom always instilled in me is like, it's okay to mess up. Yeah. And you don't ever have to be ashamed of anything because love is not conditional, you know? And that was that was like the most beautiful thing that she ever taught me is that no matter how badly I mess up or how lost I feel like I am, like I always have arms to run into.
0: I love that. And, and especially for that to be your mother, right? Yeah. That's beautiful. Because I think a lot of people don't necessarily have a role model like that. Yeah that's also had success maybe yeah. in business, but Absolutely. then it also values family and a mm-hmm. relationship so heavily. Right. Absolutely. And I have an awesome relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, my parents divorced at yeah. one. So like I, you know, I just grew up mm-hmm. having two sides to the family and yeah. like getting to celebrate four holiday parties. Hallelujah. Year. Yeah. Hallelujah. Still love it. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I grew up with my dad, which is kind of uncommon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't really remember, but from what I hear, there was a custody battle. Usually the yeah. mother is going to win absolutely. Um, custody of, of a child. In some, you know, whatever happened, my dad did. So I grew up with my dad on a farm. It was just my dad and I. Yeah. And so wow. what I love is that there's this contrast, right? Because he's a huge role model. So do
1: you ha- So you have a good relationship with your dad as well, then?
0: I have a really good relationship, in my opinion, and I think my family would agree. With, yeah. with every family no, member. And it's amazing, something that though. I've actively gone out of my way yeah. to improve, right? No, absolutely. Because growing up, I will be very transparent that mm-hmm. my dad and I did not get along for mm-hmm. a long time, right? You had mentioned
1: that in our initial meeting, is yeah. that you really wanted him to be proud of you. Yes. Right. Yes.
0: First off, this is the level of communicators we have on the show <laughs> because they flip it on me and I'm never used to this. I have I'm the sorry. best questions prep. No, and I love this because this is what high quality communicators do, right? You and me, there's still a lot to uncover that we don't mm-hmm. know about each other. What Absolutely. we do know is that we take action aligned with our values mm-hmm. and that's why we're on this conversation, mm-hmm. right? But you kill it in life. And what mm-hmm. I love the most is when we talk, we are I also mess up value.
1: a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> you are it's, not, <laughs>
0: you are it's
1: not all a success story for sure.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I won't dive into it, but the relationship with my dad and getting out of high school, right? Mm-hmm. And, and moving out of the home definitely improved the relationship. Yeah. I've been off and on with my relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, love all my family to death right mm-hmm. five siblings three sisters two brothers i have one older sibling so the other yeah. four are younger than me a big part of my life is just like i want to be a good role model yeah right and if i have four younger siblings whether i believe in finishing college or not and mm-hmm. I, I start to identify like i think and I, I think i'm doing this for my dad at times right yeah it's not solely that i'm not going to put any blame at all like i'm i'm grateful i'm happy we I all have motivating
1: college. factors
0: yeah, yeah yeah so um i love this this is enough about me but i, I do <laughs> want to dive in because not only was your mother a huge role model, but I know that's, would you go as far as saying your best friend? Oh, how
1: my entire life.
0: I know. You, you guys talk weekly or daily? Daily. Daily.
1: Every single day. There, if we don't talk, something is happening. <laughs> yeah. Either we're really busy and things are really great, or something is going on that we're not ready to talk about, but we don't lie to each other. So we, we can't pick up the phone because it's like, I'm not ready to lay this on you right now, <laughs> yeah. but I can't lie to you either. So can you just give me a couple days? <laughs> so then I'm, she'll send me like the emoji of like the um, magnifying glass over the eye. And she's like, where are you? What is happening?
0: <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love that. And I have a feeling that she holds you accountable too. Yes. Like she's the mother. To but a fault. Yeah. So what is the hardest advice she's ever given you? I mean, like, just she put reality in your face, even though you didn't want to hear it, but you knew (laughs) it was secretly like, this is what I need to hear.
1: Yeah, so she's mentored me my entire life, Um, but there's been two things, and it's funny because it's very early on in my life, and I've I've held on to it, and when she watches this, she's going to laugh, and she's going to be like, I know exactly what she's going to say. She told me, I came home from school in the fifth grade, and I was heartbroken because nobody wanted to be my friend anymore. And I've always had a very big, different personality. I grew up with brothers. My home life was different. You know, it was, my mom has a chronic illness, uh, Lyme's disease, and she really struggles. And so I grew up really fast. It wasn't the normal household. Um, And so I was always not mature, but just in a different place. And she told me she was like, Mim, that's what they call me, Um, she was like, I just don't think you're gonna be somebody that has a lot of friends, and that's okay. But when you're in fifth grade, you're like, all I want is to like, have all the girls to come wanna out. come over, to come over, have a sleepover at my house. And she was like, but don't change. Yeah. She was like, just don't, like, just stick it out and it's gonna be hard, but it's okay. And my brother like swooped in, my older brother, and he really like took me under his wing and protected me because I was really different. You know, I'm, I will talk to anybody and, and people don't always like that, especially not in high school and middle school, yeah. you know? so. Um, and then the other thing that she said to me was, <laughs> you're gonna have to be two times smarter and faster than any boy around you. And she didn't realize what a literal person I was. So now today she's like, but I didn't really mean it like like you're really taking it to an extreme and I'm like I know but it's okay it's too late now it's already ingrained so those things they were really hard lessons um and they were really foundational parts of of who I am is that I had to say okay I'm not gonna be somebody for everybody but I'm gonna be the right person for the right people that are supposed to be in my life and it doesn't make anybody wrong or better or worse it's just this journey that I'm on those are the people that I'm supposed to be around and it really shouldn't be that hard so and it's hard I mean rejection is hard right in in any in any capacity especially when somebody's, yeah even today it's like if I really want somebody to be my friend or I you know and then they're just like "Mm," like you don't get the right vibe from them back Mm -hmm. you're like is something wrong with me and then it's just like remembering hearing my mom like don't Change though, like you're special just the way you are, in the way that you're supposed to be special, you know. So that's my spiel. I love
0: that. <laughs> I love that. And I think for viewers and, and myself included, right? Anyone listening in or watching this is, to face value, you have everything put together. Like, come on, <laughs> you have a seven-figure company, and we'll dive and unpack that here in a second, right? Because it, it didn't just happen overnight. I know no. we talk about it started in January, and I want to mm-hmm. cover that, like, un- unpack that, right? Yeah. Now. With your mother and in that relationship, being brutally honest is, is so important, mm-hmm. right? And I think there's a certain level of professional, and I think certain entrepreneurs kind of get it, and there's this drive to, oh, I want to be, I know that the only way I can live the life that I deserve and mm-hmm. that I really want to live because I can give back at the highest level, yeah. and I know this is something you value, is I have to be disciplined. And like mm-hmm. we were talking, you know, a little bit ago, in my opinion, you are a textbook type A personality. You're <laughs> organized. You're on top wow, of your I've shit. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah. So you took your mom's advice literally, yeah. right? And I just love the fact that I don't think you ever planned. Did you ever plan on actually owning a business, starting a company? Like you no. loved, you know, earning 140K a year, which most people will probably never earn in their life, right? Mm-hmm. Or mo- the majority. And to do that at what? You know, I'm going to say 25, 26. Yeah. You're doing it. You are living a congruent life. And I guess just to, to dive in too, would you define yourself as self-made or made for?
1: Probably neither. I would consider myself somebody that, I definitely work really hard and I don't want to, it, things don't just happen and you have to go for it and you have to make the sacrifices for them, right? Yeah. And I know that though, that's on me and I know it's the nights that I've stayed figuring out. I've never done this before how am I going to figure out this project? But somebody's counting on me, right? So that's on me. However, I would never have been able to do that if it wasn't for the people around me that cheer me on. And it's like I say, like the Teddy Roosevelt quote, right? Living in the arena. Like anytime that I've put myself out there and I feel like, oh God, I just, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm tired, it's too much. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I have the people around me that are like, okay, it's time for us to pick you up off the floor and we're going to hold you up for a bit and we're going to remind you of who you are. And people stumble and they struggle and they don't always believe in themselves. And so I don't think that I'm self-made or made for. I think I'm just a person that is all the pieces of the people that love me and believe in me and remind me when I, when I need it the most, you know, and they motivate me. And then of course having my daughter, it's like the second I see her, I'm like, all right, mommy can do this <laughs> yeah. you know mommy's gonna figure it out so it, it's it's just a combination of so many different things I don't think there's one way to put it at least in my in my own opinion
0: you're humble because <laughs> I would completely define yourself me right mm. and I know you grew up in Naples mm-hmm. and where I grew up in the world in the middle of the country right? mm-hmm. If you're playing darts and you're playing on the U.S. map. You throw a dart and hit Luckily, a bullseye. You're in Iowa.
1: I'll I'll probably get it on the post that it's hanging on, so it's fine. I wouldn't yeah. hit it anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and and I love that you say that because you're self-made in the sense that you grew up and you had to work. Like you, mm-hmm. nothing came easy. And I just no. hearing your story is like mm-hmm. nothing came easy. But what I do love is that you are humble enough to say that, right? Mm-hmm. And you've had you give the love and credit back to the people around you. And I think oh, that course. is the the standard and any quality leader, that's how they should communicate, oh. right? It's not about I and me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In my opinion, a quality communicator, quality leader. Yeah. It's talking about we and us, right? Mm-hmm. So you're always giving love back regardless. And, mm-hmm. and I love that. That yeah. is definitely where you stand. I get mind blown that we're the same age. Like I feel like <laughs> I'm talking to someone that has like a decade more of business experience and then it's, it, you're just so personable. Um, what has been your lowest point in life? The absolute lowest, professionally, personally, and how did you break through?
1: Uh, January was my lowest point. Um, hmm. I've had a lot of struggles in life. Like there's been a lot that I've gone through and mistakes that I've made. But January was like this turning point that I was really just ready to like give in the towel be like, whatever, I failed. You know, I had people in my life that were telling me like, you're a failure. You've done nothing. You're just the help. And like, you can't do anything. There's nothing special about you. And because of the people around me that literally show up to my house when I don't answer my phone, and they remind me of everything that I'm capable of on a daily basis, like, they pulled me out of it. And so it's crazy because I'm sitting here in retrospect, and a month ago, like, I don't know if I would be here. Like, you know, I was... I was in a place where you know it was like well maybe my daughter would be better off right like and (laughs) then to see that i just took the chance to like believe in myself and now i'm actually able to think of like am i really going to be in a place where i don't have to worry about like can i afford to send her to this school that i'm going to be able to make sure that she has in abundance, anything that she needs, and, like, she has resources to uplift her and take her to really flourish in life, it's, it's one month, it's one day of a difference, right, and that's why I say I'm not self-made, I'm made by the people around me, because I just came out of the lowest point in my life, (laughs) like, just now, so, it's a little bit different than other people that you hear when they feel like they're being successful or they're on the right track. They're like, oh, yeah, five years ago. I'm like, no, 30 days ago. Yeah. You know, so a little bit different, but it's it's the truth. I couldn't yeah. come on here and lie to you. <laughs> no,
0: and I know you won't. That's yeah. why I, uh, anyone that's going to be on this podcast, <laughs> I want to make sure that we're going to have a good conversation. Yeah. They're a communicator, and we're going to dive deep. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, when we hopped on this. You were open to just. talking about anything and I think that's how we provide the most value to anyone right Mm -hmm. and that's my commitment to anyone is I'm an open book too and if we're living authentically Mm -hmm. we're taking action aligned with our values and there shouldn't be any aspect of our life that we should be scared of talking about and I love thank you for for not only diving in but I I do want to go back when you did feel the lowest right Mm -hmm. and you say it was in the last 30 to 45 days Mm -hmm. right and not only do I relate to this and Mm -hmm. I'll talk about this in this in a second but What was going on in your mind when you felt the absolute lowest? Like, do you remember, was it January 3rd? Like, was there a day? But what was going on in your mind when these people are saying these things? You can't do it. You're doing this. Like,
1: Well, it was the first day of the year, and everybody thinks of the first day of the year um, as, you know, like the fresh start, whatever. And I was hearing every single fear reiterated back in my face. And I was like, this cannot be the follow-up to 2020. <laughs> like, you know, so I was just like, this is not, this is not happening to me right now. And I remember just like having one of those moments where like you just want everything to just stop. Like, not necessarily like, oh, wow, I'm going to end it all, but just like, can everything just stop for a second? Yeah. You know? Um, and the beautiful thing about that is I have a safety net of my two best friends, Ashley and Brett, and they <laughs> they know when I say, like, hey, guys, I'm really having, like, a hard day. They, they know where it comes from, and they know what I need, and, and they drop everything, and they show up. And it's – I'm so – and not even show up. They show up with <laughs> chicken wings and wine. Your favorite. and I, my Your favorite. favorite. My favorite. My um, favorite. And, and they're just there. And they help me make sure – that even if things aren't stopping, that I'm not having to just take it all in by myself. Yeah. So.
0: And you said it was Ashley and Brett? hmm Ashley, Brett, <laughs> thank you. Because you are not only high-quality humans, this speaks on how when you chase your best life and you're willing to work for it and you know that you're gonna be uncomfortable and you're gonna feel some of the lowest lows, but that's the only way to live your highest highs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: people like Ashley and Brett, friends that we all need right and we all have (laughs) them in our network but the reason why they're there for you is because they know your authentic self and you've always shown up authentically Mm -hmm. and they know that you are always coming out of a state of love right? and like for me too I'll be honest and maybe you could be too and in the sense of like as bad as I want to always live congruently like coming out of state of love and abundance like we're human right it doesn't always happen like it's easy on a podcast or or like an interview to talk about it reel. the highlight reel right that highlight reel yeah no <laughs> the reality is is this this podcast is like I want to make sure we're talking about the lowest because I don't think we dive into them enough and no. for me
1: and people feel so alone because they're like oh wow everything goes great every day of every second and even as a parent it's like you have mom guilt you have you know am I giving enough did I buy her the right clothes like did I was I patient enough yeah. you know and in every aspect of your life, you can take that, and it's like with your friends, with your career, with your personal life, with everything, we pick ourselves apart, but nobody talks about it.
2: Yeah.
1: And people are like, oh wow, you have it all together. And I'm like, no, I don't. I absolutely do not. I am doing my best every single day. But there are days that I jump into my bed, and I'm like, today was a great day. And there are days that I fall asleep on my couch because I just am so tired. Yeah. And I'm just like, it is what it is. My dog's name is Yoga. I'm like, yoga, get in your bed, we're going to sleep. <laughs> and that's what happens. <laughs> like, what kind of dog? It's, she's a pit bull.
0: Pit bull, I love pits. Mm-hmm. It's those yeah. eyes. The I eyes know. and the way they make eye contact. Kind of, Found her no... on the side
1: of the road. Oh, God. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, God. Well, we're going to have to have her in six months when we do this. Yes. Video.
1: Absolutely. We'll have,
0: we'll have her involved. Um, no, I love this. And the one note I want to make here, something that I've learned in the last year, mm-hmm. is that we are a reflection of our environment. I've known that for a bit, right? But now I actually look at my friends mm-hmm. and the closest people to me. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a social person too. Yeah. We like to communicate. We're good at making friends in N- a sense. I never
1: shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel that way too. And I think some of my friends, family, be like, Connor, honestly, just shut like, up. Sh- that's, why, that's why friends were like, some friends were like, yeah, start uh-huh. an interview. Like, yeah. there's a place where you can do it. Uh-huh. So this is my time. Once <laughs> or twice a week. And, oh my gosh. It's just, I, I realize that the quality of my friends and the people in my life, it's constantly changing, mm-hmm. right? But when I look at them and I go, damn, I look up to my friends and I know they're going to hold me accountable Mm -hmm. and they're going to call me out when I'm not doing what I know I should be doing, that used to scare me, Mm -hmm. I love it now. And I want to bring up one part from this book called The Way of the Superior Man. And I've had like 20 guy friends that have all, including Oscar, (laughs) behind the the camera right now. He's very excited. He's going wild. And The Way of the Superior Man, the chapter that I just finished, talks about... Being able to, whether you're male or female, and you really want the best life, being able to have friends that are quality and, and you're close enough to that not only are they going to hold you accountable, mm-hmm. but they're also going to be able to give you that con- constructive criticism. Yeah. And that used to scare me. I didn't yeah. like that, right? Like, no. I used to believe in college, the fake it till you make it mindset. And I think there's truth there, right? There's a level yeah. of it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. play the part. For mm-hmm. me, it was dress the part. It was, like, do these things, yeah. and, like, I would show up, and I, I started figuring out I was more productive, and I mm-hmm. liked how people treated me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't this college kid when I started dressing a certain way, but, like, there were little tiny things. And now looking back, it, it, again, it just all comes back to, like, congruence and, and having friends that aren't there to just be happy and party, oh, right? No. But it's, no. like, We I'm, have
1: this saying, and it's, like, when, when one of us is sad, we're all sad sometimes. Yeah. And we literally just tell each other, I still love you when you're sad. You don't have to be happy for me to love you. (laughs) Like, we all go through stuff. Like And, you know, there's this thing where it's, like, sometimes people, they want to make you happy. They're like, no, no, you can do this. No, sometimes somebody just needs you to sit there in silence and be sad with them. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, it's a part of it, you know? Because, like, sometimes when you're going through something, you're like, and somebody's like, you're amazing. You can do it. You're like, I will feel that way tomorrow, but right now I just need to be sad. And I just need to, like, hurt over this so that tomorrow I can wake up and be like you are amazing, <laughs> and you can do this, <laughs> but today is not that day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love him, yeah. what advice would you give to the the male out there that might think like a problem solver, and I think that's mm-hmm. the natural way a, a male thinks, yeah, I could be wrong, uh-huh. that's how I think, and when you're in a relationship, and let's say your significant other,
1: oh your, man, I your know girlfriend, exactly what yeah, yeah. gonna
0: be. <laughs> it's how do I show up when you're having such a shitty day uh-huh. and I'm not coming in trying to solve your problems?
1: Yeah. So I would say the biggest thing is communicate. And it's one yeah. very simple sentence. Do you just need me to hear you or can I help you? Can you say that again. <laughs> <laughs> do you just need me to hear you or can I help you? And because as women, When we're going through stuff sometimes we just need to vent and we need to bitch and we need to be angry and a lot of arguments can stem from like somebody being like it's not that big of a deal she didn't mean that it's not that you know whatever because you're trying to diffuse a situation but it can come off invalidating and so I think that just asking a simple question like can I help you with this like or do you just need me to be the person that you're talking to about it and that would go such a long way. I mean, that's what I do with Ashley, my best friend. You know, she's my business partner and my best friend. So sometimes I'm like, "Do you want me to give you my unsolicited advice or like are you just getting it out?" Yeah. <laughs> and she'll tell me she will definitely tell me. She's like, not your advice right now. <laughs> I yeah. Do not want your advice right now.
0: <laughs> I have a feeling your advice is probably similar to your, like your mother's, right? Where it's like it's gonna be the honest truth and yeah. something just venting. Maybe, oh, actually.
1: exactly. Yeah. Where it's like you just you need, need to some- like have that expression of emotion in a safe place without mm. having another opinion because you already have your own opinions on the situation. So that's my advice to men. <laughs> if yeah. nothing else, please take that from this podcast.
0: <laughs> yes. No, that that is good. And I've never asked that question. But yeah. I was in a relationship for six years. And it took me five years into the relationship to realize this. <laughs> me thinking, Connor, the entrepreneur, like, I am good at solving problems. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to fix with all it. your and problems. And most, I think, I, maybe, men, do you agree? Like, I can fix this. Like, she's this treating easy. you like this? I know exactly what to do. Like, well, it's not <laughs> talk that to big her manager like this and this uh-huh. method, right? You're not putting blame, right? And I had to stop that. And for me, mm-hmm. I didn't ask the question. <laughs> I just started going. Like I want to hear it. Like, oh my God, babe, that sucks. Yes. You. This is. And you got a better response, didn't you? This is shitty. And (laughs) I just listen. That took me five years to understand. I just saved you
1: guys so much time. Thank you very much. Guys,
0: save yourself five years. Ask the right questions. Learn how to effectively communicate. Whether it's business, it's life, it's relationships. Mm -hmm. It's magical when Mm -hmm. you effectively communicate. Yeah. I love that.
1: Another magical phrase is, "I'm on your side."
0: your side I'm in your corner yeah we're on the same team uh-huh this is about us mm-hmm. and building our future yep I agree
1: so there it is relationship advice from a single mother <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe that's the direction we end up going yeah exactly <laughs> this, this is just a
1: relationship about. podcast where I give you all of my failed relationship advice I'm like all of this didn't work so maybe this would work
0: <laughs> that's the truth right just as important in life and, and like goals as like identifying what we want out of life yeah I think also, it's equally as important work. what we don't like, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, right? And definitely. by experiencing
0: things in life, we can start to understand that, mm-hmm. right? And it can give you a better idea of what you naturally sh- probably should be pursuing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Mia, I want to unpack because you have a wild story. I right. Know. You have experienced things in 27 years that most people, even like 47 years old. No, I have, have a lifetime of experience. Yeah. Can you just, from a high level, kind of skin through some of those? Just to give context because yeah. I want whether it's the male fellow male listening or a female, that this was all in the making, right? Mm -hmm. And like we talked about the last couple of weeks, feeling the lowest of lows, in my opinion, and maybe Mia would agree, if you can pull yourself out and you want to help people genuinely at the highest level possible, regardless Mm -hmm. of what that looks like, naturally you start to become a quality human being. And I think adversity breeds a higher quality human. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that?
1: Yeah, so I would say most notably, um, I was always a scholar. I loved school, and I was one of those kids. I was on track to go to Ivy League and and have all those things. My freshman year, I got a full-ride scholarship to Brown University, and they said, we don't have to see your SATs. Just get a 3.5, and you can just come here. And I was like, it's really cold there. And my mom was like, don't ever tell anybody that. (laughs) Um, And so that was where I thought my life was going, and then um, I ended up getting a stalker. And my whole life changed. There was, you know, obviously mental stuff that happened. Um, but physical abuse, sexual abuse, like everything. And that's actually why I moved out to California was to get out of that situation, right? So didn't really want to start it off <laughs> yeah. so light and fluffy. But, um, and my life changed. And I ended up doing college online and because I was scared to be away from my mom. And it's just like rolling with the punches of things and just kind of trusting God, even when you don't want to, at least for me personally, it's like not necessarily God, but like the higher power or like the universe of just saying like, okay, this is happening for a reason has really helped pull me through. And of course, having my mom was instrumental in me surviving any of that. But there's been a lot of struggle. There's been a lot of surviving, you know, and it was like, okay, at what point do I get to thrive? What, when am I done fighting? You know, I've had people tell me I was the warrior. And I was like, I don't want to be the warrior anymore. I don't like I'm done. <laughs> so do I check out of this job. Yeah. And so there were so many lessons and so many times that I had to be like, I'm not even I'm not even messing this up myself. Why is this happening? Like what do I do now? Yeah. So some context there it is.
0: <laughs> I love it. Could we could we just dive in? Yeah, go ahead. Could you tell me a story about with that soccer, because mm-hmm. I hear stories about soccer. Mm-hmm. I've never dealt with one yeah obviously it's vastly different if you're a female yeah. and there's the stalker no like, absolutely can you give me an example of like how serious it actually got
1: yeah so um I'll open it with the fact that the only reason that I'm comfortable talking about this is because I know that there's somebody else out there that's gone through something like this and it's not something that people talk about you know mm-hmm. but it was two abductions then the third one was the final, you know, of it all. It's getting taken out of your house.
0: Of you, mm-hmm. he would.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we would come home, and the head to our vacuum cleaner would be missing. Just as a ha I was in the house. We would put up, we would put up security cameras, and they would get burned out. We would open our kitchen window, and the screen would be gone. It, I mean, it was constant. So, I mean. And there's who calls the cops to say, my computer's unplugged, and I know that I left it plugged in. Like, you can't, right? So it's, like, it's that level of paranoia where, like, for me now, it's, like, I get to, like, live a pretty normal life, you know? I'm, like, okay, like, I don't have to worry about, oh, my God, did I leave the bathroom door closed? Because that used to be my life. That used to be my mom's life. Every time I would leave the house, she'd have to think, is today the day? Am I gonna see her again? What's gonna happen? You know, so it's been, there's so much struggle in my life that sometimes I'm like exhausted from even like thinking about it that I'm like, great. But I know that people do need to hear that like they're not alone when they go through those things and it's not their fault and it's okay and there is something great that's gonna happen. You know, like because of the assault, like I was told I wasn't gonna be able to have kids. I had my baby, like, and she was a miracle. She was not the plan. I was totally into my career and when I found out that I was pregnant I couldn't believe it and I was so happy and she's been the best thing that ever happened so it's like especially being so type A and having so much struggle out of control of my life being able to see that like the journey has led me to exactly where I was supposed to be exactly when I was supposed to be there has been like okay maybe I don't have to control it all maybe I just have to trust When I look in the mirror and I say, are you doing the right thing right now? And you believe it, that even when things are falling apart, like, it's for a reason. You're going to learn something. You're going to get through it. Like, you're going to get something out of that moment as long as you're saying to yourself, like, don't change. Unless you have to, right? Unless you're like, okay, I got to start waking up and, and changing some habits. But it's like when you feel, like, in your heart, and you know that feeling. Like, when you look and you're like, why aren't things working right now? But I feel like I'm doing the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, don't change your path because you don't feel like you're on the path that you thought you were going to be on.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: I did not think I'm this was going to get that really deep. So. I love it. No, and you hit
0: on such a good point. Oh, my gosh. There's, there's multiple ways I want to take this. No, it's okay. First off, I just have an absolute curiosity. And anyone that knows me, like, I'm just point blank with questions. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to ask. And... I yeah, ask my just let's be fully transparent. Mm-hmm. I know you, that's why you agreed hey, to do Hey, if
1: not, I'll have you cut it out.
0: Yeah, right? And that's the beauty here. Thank you, Sir Oscar. Now, can you explain, like, what, just, could you explain one of the abductions? Because to me, I think of, like, what I see on a, a Netflix documentary watching. Like, first I off, I can, that's but I want you to cut shit. it. Okay. Yeah. No, then, then we don't <laughs> even have to dive in. That, that just yeah. blows my mind in mm-hmm. the sense that, like, I grew up with three sisters. hmm the way I want to treat women is vastly different than I think some people in the sense that like I just really, as the bigger brother, it's just my life and who I I I define myself as like, I'm a bigger brother, right? And it just fascinates me that there are people like that. And again, a quality leader doesn't look at that individual and say they're wrong. Mm -hmm. A quality leader would go, what in their environment put them in a place that that they're acting like this? Because they're probably in a really low place too. Mm -hmm. And, And I... I think to some people probably listening to this, that can sound pretty shitty of me to say, to like bring this up. And in no way am I backing the actions that were ever no. taken, right? Yeah, I get it. But just trying to see eye to eye and like, obviously, this person, that's the only way I can reason with it, right? I don't like open loops. In my mind, I have to define yeah, like how no, something I works. Yeah, and how did you get out of it? Like, you, my you mom. moved away. <laughs> okay.
1: That's why I'm saying this is like, I've never met somebody so strong in my entire life. Ever. Yeah. Like, even before, like, all of, like, my stuff that happened, she's always been so strong. And it wasn't a question, like, it was a testament to a mother's love. And I used to tell her all the time, I'm like, no, mom, I love you more. And then I became a mom, and I was like, I don't love you more. There's literally no way. Um, but the reason I've gotten through everything, and that's why I say, like, my mom is the pillar of all of my success, because... <sighs> She's carried me through every single time, all on her own, you know, and it's just until recent years, she has a wonderful man in her life. I love you, dad. (laughs) Love you, dad.
0: (laughs) What's your mother's name again? Maria. Maria, you are beautiful. (laughs) You created this and you brought this beautiful person in the world that's helping so much more people. Uh, Yeah. You know,
1: but now I have like two parents that love me and, and carry me through stuff and, and jump in when I'm floundering and. But, you know, to every question that you ask, how did you get through it, how did you get through it, I just, I just picture her name on my phone. You know, there have been times that I was still out here, that I was just going through it. And she just got on a plane, canceled her appointments that week and just got on a plane and just was like, baby, it's Okay.
0: This is life. And I'm here for you. I'm yeah. in your corner.
1: Yeah. You know, and yeah,
0: you're mine. And I'm always going to be here for you.
1: Well, yeah, my name Mia means mine. She named me my summer because she found out I was going to be a girl in the summer and she always wanted a daughter. She's so like
0: overly possessive. No, that's full sarcasm. Yeah, like, right. I'm she's like, no, I love well, this this, daughter. this, this podcast gonna is going to take.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely the favorite, though, for sure. But I put yeah. in all the effort to be the favorite. It's not like I'm just like born the favorite favorite. Right. I'm like, I work for it. I better be
0: my belief is probably <laughs> the flip approach right <laughs> my parents have to love me i've always been out there like mm. i always just did my own thing i got in a lot of trouble k through 12 yeah we'll dive into that on another episode yeah, but i think sure. i had an in school or out of school suspension you're probably being every like mia year, we're
1: going to have a whole podcast about your crazy ass life
0: <laughs> no 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 what i do love is is when <laughs> just in, in the first few episodes that we've had when the conversation turns and I want to make sure it's it's about the guests because that's, I mean, just the fact that you drove here. I'm, I've been looking forward to this for weeks. So no, it's great. Um, Eliah, your 18-month-year-old mm. daughter
2: mm-hmm.
0: is your why. Oh, Most people don't definitely. know their why in life and yeah. they don't, that's why they're not operating at yeah. a level of like what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And they haven't an experienced a life that, in my opinion, can be even higher caliber, yeah. right? When you're growing and you're going through uncomfortable shit, but you have yep. a team around you and friends and quality people, Where I'm going with this Mm -hmm. is, why is Mia your why? Alaya. Alaya. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Why is Alaya your why? And what is the life you're committed to giving her?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So Alaya and I got COVID, and the response that I got from my employer, there was so much chaos around it, and I felt like the world was spinning at like 500 miles an hour. But she needed me she was sick and she's i have so blessed she's been extremely healthy like really nothing that's ever come up and this was one of those times that like i could just see it on her face she was scared and that was the second that i said like i'm gonna have to resign because she needs me right now and there is nothing that could ever be more important than that yeah and so when that moment happened, it's, it's crazy because I remember exactly where I was in my old apartment and her looking up at me and she had tears in her eyes. Oh, no. And the second, and she just like put her head like right on my chest when I put my phone down cause it kept, there were so many calls and stuff coming in. And I just like turned my phone off. She just put her head down and she stopped crying and she had been crying so hard from her high fever that she was like, <gasps> and I was like trying to calm her down but I was trying to do too many things at once. And the life that I want to provide her is presence. That she knows, like, I'm here and it's okay. And there is nothing more important to you than you, to, you to are your my parents. One priority yeah. Above all. Yeah. Anything, you know, and both moment. of us, both of her parents are like that. So it's, I, I want that for her. And I knew that where my career was going at that point i wasn't going to always be able to do that you know i worked my first mother's day that's the job yeah you you just work and and you don't have somebody to switch off with you are the person and that's why i created my business the way that i created it and i put myself out there because it gives flexibility not just to me or to my team but it gives flexibility to the client as well you know so i built something that would work for everyone but ultimately it's like I want to be there when she wakes up. Yeah. Like, I want to be there when she goes to bed. I w- and I had an opportunity to do ex- uh, continued education, and it was an amazing program that I got um, invited to participate in. And when I saw what it would take, <laughs> I wrote them my, my letter, and I said, I just don't ever want to be too tired to read her one more bedtime book. And that's it, yeah. like that is, in summation, what my reason why is is I I don't want to miss it.
0: You're making me tear up. Oh. I love it because getting to know you yeah. over the last few months, I bring up your why because I know it is your why. Yeah. And just from our conversations, I've been fortunate to have. I had yeah. joined our Zoom meetings. I know. And, that. And,
1: the nanny was late.
0: <laughs> she's was like, sorry. She has it together. I mean, she wakes up girl. early, she gets her morning coffee in, and she is on point. She's a boss. She is. I mean, a year and a half, it's crazy. When she's two, I think she's getting a promotion.
1: No, for sure. Yeah. She definitely is. <laughs> she she's keeps already, the business together. She's the only one that gets to boss me around. <laughs> I
0: love it. And what I love, too, is that you are a 27-year-old single mother mm-hmm. with an 18-year-old daughter named Elia, mm-hmm. right? And- not only is she beautiful, but that you are so proud to show her off. Oh. And she is your life, and yeah. anyone that knows you knows that. And I think at times there's – I don't know how to even word this, right? There's – I see a lot of young parents that aren't like that, mm-hmm. that are almost like – in that could be in a similar situation mm-hmm. that might not want to show it off because in some way it makes them feel like, did they do something wrong? Or like, Absolutely. why am I not – you know, in a relationship with her, but you have a vastly different take. I do. And that's also what, to me, aligns with why you've had crazy success, Mm -hmm. right? And now I want to dive into your success because you not only come from, you know, first off, I want you to explain, like, what you do again and how you got into this because it wasn't overnight success. Mm -mm. It wasn't, right? And that's purposely why I brought up, are you self-made or not, right? Because I knew it was going to (laughs) spark the conversation. But like what did you do for those eight years prior that opened this door because you never wanted to open your you like to start your own business no, right no it was alia in the context and yep. this is the only way i can give her the best life yep but then within 30 days to be on track to do seven figures in your first year of business that is unreal guys <laughs> that is unreal if
1: i scale it right there's a lot of work that goes into that but it's amazing and the opportunity is is beyond you know what i could even ever imagine you know you don't ever Look at a business model and be like, "This is it." I think every person that tries to create a business, you're like, "In that moment, I, think I can today." Right? This <laughs> makes all the sense. Tomorrow, yeah.
0: you're like, "Oh, there's some flaws in there." Yeah, I'm like, but I'm gonna Ooh. go with it.
1: Absolutely. So um, when I was going through college, like I said, my life took a huge turn that I never expected. So when I was in college, I started working as a housekeeper, and then I became a personal assistant, and then I was the housekeeper, the personal assistant, and the cook. I literally used to cook people's food for their dogs. Like, but it was. So can anything. you give some quick context to like, yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm not ever going to ask you to name drop celebrities no, no, or something, no, 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 but no, the clientele yeah. you work with are yeah. like the they coolest are people the, in the world that anyone would know. And we're not yeah. going to talk about it. Yeah so when you're talking about cooking dog food
1: it was not for them it was for people that lived in like laguna niguel and they were really great people um but i took any job yeah i was like i'll wake up at six and i'll go clean and then i can go to this other job afterwards and then after i get done with that i'll do this because i didn't i was like i just have to you know i had the mentality of well i'm going to go to college i'm going to get my degree and then i'm going to do something with my degree so it was like as long as i can make it through from point a to b once you have a college degree you're set they just open the doors yeah Uh uh-huh and so that was my mindset and then I started realizing I was like shoot I'm going to school to become a psychologist and so is everybody else maybe I should get a business degree (laughs) you know and and that was like a pivoting point because I was like everybody's doing this right now and then when I started working in people's homes I realized I've never even heard of this nobody's doing this like there's a real market here if nobody my age is doing this that's different. And I might be able to bring something to it. And I was super hungry and I still am. Um, but it's taking anything that comes. And I started realizing, I was like, wow, there's a real career here. And then I found out, I was like, I love to manage things. I love construction. I love somebody knowing out there that there's somebody that they can trust that they can call them at two o'clock in the morning when things really hit the fan, whether it's my friends, my family, my coworkers, my boss, like whatever that, like, I'm gonna give you my best shot. Like I might be tired when I show up, but like I'll show up. Yeah. You know, um, and as an estate manager, that's what you do. And I just worked my way up. So like in the levels of it, right? Like how I the timeline. It was housekeeper, personal assistant, house manager, family assistant, house manager, estate manager.
0: So she worked her way up. Like yeah. But you started in the trenches.
1: Yeah, and I don't. I don't think that housekeeping is the trenches. Um, yeah, I
0: don't, I don't want to say that in a bad way, but yeah. like just given the context, you no, were on absolutely. track to go to Brown, right? Like yeah, at Ivy League and school so that's and
1: what I'm saying is that I used to harbor like a lot of shame. And that's where my mom always came in and she was like, don't, like yeah. it's okay, you know? Um, and sometimes we can get too hard on ourselves to be like, well, this wasn't the path. And it's like, who, who said that had to be the path? you know know? Um, and so yeah cleaning houses I mean it's not it's not a glamorous job but I did it and it kept my lights on and it kept food on my table and I'm really proud of it and you know people trusted me with like the most intimate parts of their homes because people clean their houses so people don't see how they really live you know and I think that that's like a very beautiful thing is that it's like I trust you to like take care of me.
0: You're in my home. My yeah. Uh-huh. Quarters, yeah. My private quarters. My this Absolutely. is You're seeing a side no Everything. one else sees. Especially mm-hmm. with the clientele.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, I worked my way up and, and it's been missed holidays. It's been missed moments. It's me as working or it, I mean, that's how people knew me. I was always working. I would always, I never said no. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that that's something that you have to do when you're dedicated to your career. At the same time, I know I'm the better version of myself. When I have a team that I'm working with, that I can go to them and be like, I know the client needs this, but I really need this. Is anybody else available? Yeah. And that's the beauty of having a team with you. That it's, that's why I'm not self-made. It's not me. Yeah. It is me with the conjunction of the people that are around to help carry the load.
0: Amen. <laughs> Completely agree. Oh my gosh. When you're building something that's so much bigger than you as an individual or Mm -hmm. you as the business partners and you see that take form pretty quickly, Mm -hmm. you know it's not about you. And it's it's not. And it hasn't been about me for years and years and years and years and years. And and to have a rock star team around Mm -hmm. you, I think the team can be your business partners and Mm -hmm. your actual team, right? Mm -hmm. We have a team of fifty five people. That's wild. Seven years ago it was two people.
1: Yeah. So I've worked for people that I've had 27 people in their homes and then my personal team that I have right now is like four or five of us. And so that's our core team. And then I'll branch it out as memberships keep going and I will train other estate managers with my proprietary systems to help supporting more and more individuals as it comes because people really need the help. They need to stop worrying about their houses and their staff and like the HR that goes into that when you have people that work in your house It's very different it's oh gosh my personal assistant isn't getting along with my executive assistant now I'm intervening and then they lose hours of their day right so their quality of life you know dissipates and then it's also my clients are also the people that are like I really don't want to have to worry about having my gutters clean. I just want it on the schedule and somebody that can just get it done, right? Yeah. So it's not always the ultra elite. That is a huge part of my clientele, of course. Yeah. But my clientele is also the homeowner that has four kids and every year the smoke detectors start beeping cuz the batteries weren't changed. Yeah. So we have different membership items to help the majority of people Whatever to better capacity. their, yeah, it's not just, we are a luxury concierge service. We have the experience, but we don't discriminate. This yeah. is for everyone Yeah, to make everybody's lives better so that you can, and it's my tagline for my business is for the life you love to live. I love it. And that's really what I believe is like, let me take this off your plate so that you can focus that time being present with your kids with being present with your family with being present where you want to be present even if it's going on a vacation by yourself yeah. like it that is the business model that's the goal that's why I'm doing it and I want to give that gift to other people right so like yeah. that is and then I have my clients and it literally is just a luxury service and we do everything can you
0: can you unpack that because we can talk about estate management mm-hmm. and I've only lived in San Diego Southern California for yeah. you know like just over two years that is a territory when Mm are you say estate management that like I can give a good idea of what it is but for anyone that has no idea this is the first time they've even heard of this and we've kind of mentioned like the clientele Mm -hmm. from you know it really you can help anyone and I know you've been able to help people at a very high level Mm -hmm. what does that actually look like like if you were at a networking event and we just met right now Mia Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what would be your 30 second elevator pitch like I've am i never done this before so right.
1: right, so my 30 second elevator pitch would have to be um, I Everything that the normal person does for their house or has to think about I take off your shoulders so that when you walk into your house It is like walking into like that peaceful environment. That is a hotel, right? It's like that's why people love to go on vacation. Everything's done. Everything's perfect. I provide that ease without having the person involved in it so the cars are maintained the airplanes that I manage the flight crews I learn about Brian, thank you very much for teaching me all about airplane maintenance. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> I'm actually seeing him on Monday, so um, I'm still in touch with so many people that I worked with, And but they teach me things along the way. I knew nothing about aviation before, and then all of a sudden, I was a managing director of a Part 91 flight operation. I was like, that's what I'm saying, the all-nighters being like, okay, how am I not going to make this crash and burn? This person is trusting me, saying, I believe in you. You know, one of my other bosses, he had two boats, and I was like, I don't know anything about boats, except for the fact that they're on water where sharks live. <laughs> like
0: So they float. <laughs> Other than that. Yeah, that's it. You
1: know, and so I've, I've had the opportunity to be given these very big projects that people trust me with. And they need them to work when they get there. You know, uh, one of my bosses had a car collection of 23 Ferraris. I got to drive an Enzo, which was oh my very, God, don't say very. That. Don't say that. Yep. Oscar
0: is the car I've, man. I had
1: driven a La <sighs> Ferrari and that was amazing. It was. It was that battle. is literally like yeah. to
0: my heart. Yeah. I just need a Ferrari one day.
1: Oh, man. I'm, I'm willing to work for you're it, too but Ferrari, tall for one day. A Ferrari to be honest.
0: I know I'm gonna have to get it custom, like, yeah. like, like somehow.
1: I don't think you can. But no,
0: I'm sure there's. You're like someone you're just gonna somewhere. be like
1: squished in, um, but no. So so it's those things that. For them, it's their houses yeah. look like museums, but there's so much work that goes into that. It's coordinating with so many different people. I mean, g- art needs to be cleaned and maintained, and it's anything and everything. It's it's so difficult because every day is different, and I tell everybody, I'm like, I get to be an expert on something that I never get to do again. I love this.
0: Can we <laughs> unpack something quick? Yeah, what's up? You get to work with cool people. Cool oh people yeah. I've never met. Uh-huh. And you've built trust and you Mm -hmm. obviously deliver in what you do that's why you keep getting referred within these networks right once you get into the networks and you provide that value Mm -hmm. and you've done this for i mean we're talking a decade plus now i see why you're there can you give me just an idea of what it's like to be around people that are like almost you know there's a list celebrities and things like that's how people might know them for the visibility stance yeah. right but like I think there's levels beyond that too yeah and certain business owners types and, and mm-hmm. the clientele you work with what have you learned what is the number one takeaway that you've learned that most people just it, we're not gonna talk cliche terms or like what yeah. was on a meme last week on Instagram mm-hmm. but like what is given you know a decade being around the caliber of people that would pay anything to have a meeting yeah. with them what have you learned
1: Even when you're an expert, you're not the smartest person in the room. Even if you are the expert, it doesn't matter. Because everybody is so intelligent in their own ways. And the second that you start writing somebody off, you're done. Because you don't know. Like They could have one point that's going to change your life. And somebody that really taught me that was one of my previous employers, Scott Struthers. Because he would always let people finish. We're, we're all protective of his time. We're like, no, no, no. And he'd be like, and he would look at us, and I'd be like, oh my God, we're losing time. We need you for, like, all these different things. And then he has, like, his executive team and his administrative team. And it's, it was really, like, nerve-wracking. And every time he gave somebody a minute to finish what they were doing, he took something really beautiful from that, and it helped all of us kind of know, like, okay, maybe we're looking at it through a lens that is arrogant. yeah you know like if he's taking the time and he's letting them finish, who are we? You know it's our job to protect him, of course, and we all really were because he was a great boss. but it's just it's it's pausing for a second and not thinking like, oh, I know this already. yeah because you don't. <laughs> Everybody has a different experience. Everybody has a different take on something. And then one of my other mentors, um life mentors he's super dear to me he actually works for Scott still as like his one of his top people on his leadership team so you can only imagine how intelligent he is I started working there and and we were working on projects and he was like why would you do that and I was like okay and every time he'd be like but why do you do that and I would take it so offensively and I'm like I don't know Steve because I'm a fucking idiot And I would like walk out of the office and I was like, why do you keep asking me that? And he's like, because I think you're really smart and I think I might be missing something. And I was like, wait, all these months I've been thinking that you were insulting me. And I even told my mom, I was like, Steve's an asshole. He's literally, him and his wife are some of the most important. They were there the day my daughter was born. Wow. Took a day off of work to be there when my daughter was born. And all because I didn't pause and listen to what he was saying. I thought I knew. Yeah. And I was like, this whole time you thought I was smart? And I thought you knew, like, I knew what you were getting at. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, I think you're extremely intelligent. And you think of things differently than I do. Why wouldn't, and he was like, so like, what do you mean? You think I thought you were stupid? Like, no. And he's so empathetic and he's so like sweet. He was like, do people think that I'm saying they're stupid? (laughs) And I was like, yes, Steve, we all think that you think we're stupid because you're so smart
0: <laughs> i love this man i'm so glad you brought this up not only is this a learning lesson for me like i'm, I'm taking <laughs> notes on this right now a mentor in college when i didn't know what the hell to do with my life mm-hmm. it was sophomore year right going into your junior year, you have to define a major so i had done mm-hmm. all the prereq rec yeah. courses right and i was like trying to buy time i knew i loved entrepreneurship but didn't know if i it was literally imposter syndrome. Like, yeah. I, don't think, I don't know if I can actually yeah. like, make this a full-time uh-huh. living. I enjoy it. Yeah. And a mentor, when I lived in Chicago for a summer, um, my buddy Noah convinced me. He's like, dude, come move out here, and we'll, you'll sleep on the couch. We'll have a studio together. Yeah. That created problems. Just right off the bat, as a quick note, everyone in the building when we moved to Chicago in this cool building, right? We could only afford living in a studio. Yeah. There were cool people that lived here. I guess the word got out that it was Noah and I mm-hmm. living in a studio together. So no one, I don't want to say no one talked to us, but there were looks at us every time we went to the pool and things and it was like, what? Oh, those are the two guys that live in a studio together. Welcome to the building. We didn't know this until month two. Someone told us. So anyway, um, we had a lot of fun. Now one of my mentors that I made interning for internships where I didn't get paid anything, mm-hmm. right? Like just all in vastly different areas. Mm-hmm. One was in fashion. One was doing product development for a juicing company that's blown up today. Um, Like they were all over the place and I was doing a random gamut of things because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And Noah was like, dude, I'll give you a few options. I'll hook these up, um, just come out here. We did. One of those jobs was in marketing. It was the one that I enjoyed the most. And the mentor that I got through this, his name's Carmen Rossi. Mm -hmm. And he's well known throughout Chicago. He owns a handful of Um, restaurants, establishments, he's an Mm -hmm. attorney, and and I think he comes from a family-in-law too. And he taught me one thing that's always stuck with me, and it's been foundational, and it's literally been one of the focal points on why we started a podcast, but this was eight years ago, seven years ago or something, and he said, Connor, it doesn't matter how smart you are, when you're around successful people, I would ask him any question possible because mm-hmm. I just knew I have limited time with this yeah. guy and everyone wanted a meeting with him yeah. and I was the intern so I just uh-huh. had time and when I knew he was in between things, I'd like ask him any yeah. question possible. And Carmen's like, it's the quality of questions you ask Connor, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you know, we all know the cliche, you never wanna be the smartest in the room, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, it's absolutely true. What he taught me was the quality of your questions, mm-hmm. right? Now, what does that mean Mm -hmm. to me it means not asking yes or no questions Mm -hmm. right now i know as a communicator that i can position questions in a certain way that i can probably help determine the outcome right Mm -hmm. so if i'm checking out at a grocery store Mm
2: -hmm.
0: any friend that knows me like i go out of my way to make sure i can at least state something bring this person up so what's the question right i could go how's your day Mm -hmm. right Uh, but you won't hear me say that right Mm because you could respond good bad okay Mm -hmm. just got to work right what you will hear me say is, what's been the highlight of your morning? That's, what's been I the highlight of your everybody
1: afternoon? everybody that's important to me in my life, every time I talk to them, what's the best part of your day? Yeah. Like, that is, like, my thing.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. And I want to provide some value. Stop stealing my material. No, this is, I haven't told you Wait, this Wait, are yet, you Mia. older
1: than me, or am I older than you?
0: My birthday is August 21st. Oh, shit, you're yeah. older than me, so I am stealing I was gonna your say, material. Listen up, man. <laughs> <laughs> the question that has changed my life, and I know a couple friends that I've shared this with, use it and it helps them out a ton and i learned this from a, m- a really good friend that i look up to andrew Shao, and he learned it from one of his mentors when you meet anyone whether it's a networking event or mm-hmm. i've just met you for the first time yeah right we build quick rapport we have mm-hmm. there's got to be a certain degree of like I chemistry don't know. I don't or whatever say small talk yeah. but like there's a little bit of it and that's usually a good question to mm-hmm. like bring like what's been the highlight of your day that guides the conversation towards something positive yeah. right? it doesn't really allow people to bring it to a negative place yeah. you and me don't have time for that oscar we don't have time for <laughs> negative conversations right no now the question that i ask people is you know we just met we have a little bit of rapport mia how do you spend your time mm. right now why is this magical right it is playing on so many different things and i don't want to get into like psychology because i think when you get too far into psychology then it makes sales yeah. look bad but if you're doing it to influence a better life and a better outcome for the individual i mm-hmm. think there's definitely a place if right you care. yeah how do you spend your time right you're going to s- respond in likely two different ways Mm -hmm. right so it's an open-ended question so I can't get a yes or no but what this is gonna tell me is what you value Mm -hmm. right so I'm saying how do you spend your time I remember in college when I first started asking this question at networking events it's like you know I'd get responses like oh I you know I I own this company I do this Mm -hmm. I have a team of 300 people right Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would also get people once in a while that would go I you know how do you spend your time and they're like on the weekends it's time with the family on the mountains like i just Mm -hmm. love skiing with my family Mm -hmm. right and what's beautiful is that it quickly can tell you what this individual values Mm -hmm. but here's the coolest part is that it makes the conversation super easy Mm -hmm. right because now if i know what you value All I do is ask a follow-up question to it. And I'm getting you to conversate about something you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Where it's very likely you're probably going to open up. And my dad's always told me at a young age, right? Connor, the way you make people feel is how they're going to remember you. Yeah. Right? And if you're asking questions like this, like, right, you Mm -hmm. said you ask your friends too. I'm telling you. The other point, and I know I mentioned this last (laughs) week, is that every guest on this episode, there are, like, every week. There are so many parallels to what they said week one, you know, episode one, episode two. So if you haven't watched them, go back, watch these. You Definitely, will see that good. happy, successful people. And I think happy is the number one metric, right?
1: Even when we're not happy all the time. And I think that's yeah. something that I would put in. is like, we're not happy all the time. And we're not always happy with where things are going and we struggle with the same stuff. But I think it's like just remembering to believe in yourself that like we're all made for something greater than ourselves. And just take a minute to like write it down. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a type A list writer, pro con list, checkbox girl. Like write it down, write what's important to you, write what matters to you. If it's money, how can you make money? If it doesn't have to be this like grandiose thing, if it's your kid, okay, what's your goal? What is your dream life with your kid look like? And build it backwards.
0: Reverse engineering? Yeah. sounds complicated. It's really not. It's
1: not. It's like, okay, I want to be able to be present with with my daughter when she needs me. What does it take to do that? How can I do that? How are people doing it differently? And the questions came from the time that I literally called and I told Brett and Ashley that I was going to quit my job. Three hours later, I had a business model. And three hours after that, I had my first client. So I know (laughs) it sounds very fancy, but it's because of the people that I knew that I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I, they know that I'm a workhorse. They're like, okay, she's going to put out, like, it's fine if I put her out there that she's going to produce the type of experience that like is trustworthy. Right. So people don't mind referring me to people they know because they've seen me for the last eight years. If somebody doesn't show up, call me a she'll come. She'll make it happen.
0: She fixes any problems. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I
1: don't give up, you know, and, so and it's
0: the thing there though, too, is like it took years, years. Right, to get to that point. Years, your reputation can be ruined in a minute, right? Yep. But it takes your whole life to build. Yep. And you wouldn't be here if you didn't fully deliver. And I would go as far yeah. as saying over-deliver, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're over-delivering it it's always every going the time extra mile.
1: my clients, they know that I know how to take care of their stuff and I'll do it better. Like my mom said better and faster than anybody else around me and it's and it's stuck with me and I'm dedicated to that and that's why my clients know that they can trust me because when I look them in the eyes and I say I can do this and I can do it better yeah it's uh, one of my clients that I just he has an amazing home in Laguna I said I know you don't know me but I know me and I know how hard I work and he was like he he's a phenomenal businessman and he said I don't have to know you. Don't ever undersell yourself and let people pay you what you're worth, because that is special, and I can tell. And he hired me on the spot, and I was like, yes, let's go. (laughs) I like walked out and I was like, okay, we got you know. I was like, wow, you know. So it's things like that that have happened that I'm like they know that and I do the work it's not just like oh I'm like good at this or you know when I'm designing somebody's home because that's a huge part of what I do is design work but it's also managing the project it's not just like these pillows will look nice it's okay here are the pillows it's going to go with the painter that I've already secured it's that concierge service of it all that I'm like okay in two days we're gonna it's like an HGTV show right it's like all right cool give me your vision and we're gonna make it happen and if I don't know because I don't and this was something I wanted to circle back on when you said it, the cliche of don't be the smartest person in the room. I would change that to a not so cliche and be like, don't ever forget you're never the smartest person in the room, I love that. right? Even if like you are, it's just in your area of expertise. That's yeah. it.
0: And and just... Within itself, if you ever start to define that, yeah, my natural present self is going to go, Connor, you're letting ego trick into this. Like mm-hmm. it, it's trickling yeah. in. Like even be in our
1: meeting earlier this week, I was like, I never want to be so arrogant that I believe like, I got this. Yeah, I always want to remember that like, okay, walk slowly. You could have walked this tightrope 400 times, but you will still get burned if you yeah. slip. Right, it's yep. like it's always there. So, it, and I and it is something I have to remind myself of because sometimes I do. I'm freaking drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm like, I got this. I've done this a hundred times. I've done this a thousand times. I've made this bed four thousand times. I know how the sheets are supposed to be. But when you do that. Perfect. What is that?
0: Five percent camera battery. Oh gosh. So (laughs) that's a good thing, because that means we're going over an hour. We purposely don't time it. That's beautiful. Um so I do so what is the name of your business?
1: Luxury Life Managers.
0: Luxury Life Managers. Mm -hmm. Now, you explained what the pitch would be to anyone. You are literally Mm -hmm. keeping their life together. Like your home is the foundation of your life. And like having success and keeping it organized. I've found in my Mm -hmm. life I keep my place organized and clean because it's a reflection of how I show up in business. Mm-hmm. I know no one on my Zoom calls you know, are ever <laughs> yeah. going to see my apartment, uh-huh. but that's a reflection of me, and yeah. I figured out that I'm a lot more efficient when I do it. So I see where there's people well beyond that have eight homes throughout the world, or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and two of them are in Southern California. Yeah. You can call you where not only is it taken care of,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're going to go the extra 10%. Like, yeah, you've had it taken oh, yeah. care of. What was your best experience? We're going to make Watch it better. Watch us make it even better. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to come home, and it's like, oh, my God. It's that little detail and yep. I see it I feel it I feel <laughs> it um I want to bring this full circle what's the best life advice you've had mm-hmm. and what would you recommend to someone uh, whether it's a young entrepreneur but I think especially like a female yeah that has the mindset that I think I might be able to start something yeah and I think I might have enough to do it but it's scary as hell and I think people are gonna judge me what would you say to that individual
1: this sounds very vague but just you can do this you've always been able to do this and you will do it. You just have to believe that you can do it. That would be like my biggest advice because I never thought I could do it. And I had people telling me I couldn't do it. And then the second that I just kind of gave up the wheel and I said, but I really think like deep down in my soul and my bones, like I feel like I can do this. Yeah. And I kind of like walked into the arena and I was like, wait a second, I am doing this. And it's been like that ever since. So that would be my advice: is is just believe in yourself.
0: It is everything. Yeah. I know it's cliche to hear because we've it's all heard so, it, but yeah. it is legitimately we have to. Mm-hmm. Like the way we believe in ourselves. My conversations that I have with myself physically, like I am mm-hmm. literally talking to myself aloud yeah. throughout the day. I used to make fun of my dad because in the morning I'd hear him down in the basement showering, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Who the fuck's he talking to?" Like I'd laugh <laughs> with my little yourself, brothers and sisters. Yeah. And now it's like I'm doing that. Yeah. Right. And I'm absolutely. talking to myself through it because. I have myself. Mm -hmm. I I don't need to look for love or anything outside. I need to first find it inside. And when I do that, magically you attract awesome people in your life when you love yourself. Now bring this full circle. Mm -hmm. How do people get in contact with you? And for anyone listening, you know, yeah. how, how can they get in contact? Absolutely. So you? just
1: reach out through our website, um, luxurylifemanagers.com. And we have a contact page. That's the biggest thing. I don't really advertise on social media. We've already been getting an influx of clients right now. So I'm starting to have to see, okay, do I turn people away or do I already start scaling the business? And, and those are two very different conversations to have with yourself because um, you never want to turn away business, but you, I can't, go into it too quickly, You're not be able to you fully deliver. exactly. Yeah. Like I, I won't compromise yeah. my, don't, my don't quality, compromise. you know, so, um, so yeah, just luxury life managers.com. We respond within 24 hours. We're a concierge service. So if it's me or one of my team members, we will always get back to you. And even if it's just a question, it's not, if you want to retain our services, if you have a question on something or you need guidance on something that's at no cost, we are just here to help people and, and make your life better.
0: I love that. And what's your Instagram handle, just in case anyone wanted to reach out with questions?
1: Luxury Life Managers, and I think I have two followers.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Hey, and from there, you can probably find her personal, but you respond to both.
1: I do, yeah. I
0: love it. I love it. Thanks so much for coming on. thank you so much for having me. We have to do a repeat in six months because of the growth that your company's having. For sure. the growth that you're going through, and I think that's the beautiful part. Now, thanks so much for tuning in again, guys. This is episode three. They are going to continue to spice up. I don't know what that means, and that's (laughs) the beauty of these conversations is that you and your input thanks so much for the comments the influx and comments that's coming in and just the feedback right this is about you this is providing value Mm -hmm. mia oscar the team that is bringing this together none of this would be possible without these people right i'm doing the minuscule part that i'm coming in and able to conversate right but there is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes so if you could and you want to see more of this content i would greatly appreciate and i know the team would If you subscribe to the Uptown Creation channel, we're putting out five to seven value-based videos every single week. That's where you're going to see our podcast interviews every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that is where they're going to drop, right? Now, we are here to provide value. And throughout the week, you probably won't see on my socials or other people's socials that we're dropping this value-based content, but it is there for you. We will see you next week. Make sure you tune in Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll have this next episode live. We'll See you on the inside.
1: Bye. You killed it. There we
2: go.